0: And welcome to Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then we talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey, and this is Mark. Hi, how you going? Tonight we're talking about the Lobster. The Lobster. So consider this your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you're going to find out all about it now.
1: So sorry, what was your takeaway from this movie?
0: My number one takeaway from this movie is that life is hard and finding a partner can be tricky. (laughs) Love is blind. Is that a good one to use? I'm going to go love is blind.
1: Love is blind, yeah. Well, it, it does definitely, this movie, present us with an alternate version of our humanity in the way that we fall in love with people and the way we match up with people and the way our relationships develop. And in
0: just... Such an absurd way, really. <laughs> okay then, Mark. So what, would you classify this as a hope, a warning or an experiment movie?
1: Definitely experiment. I think it is It is showing us a version of human relationships in, in a very experimental way.
0: I, I reckon they've very well distilled the essence of so many facets of our relationships and the way we build people up or take ourselves down. And then the way we try to interact with people Mm. in a in a a world where expressing our feelings can be difficult I suppose would be a way of looking at it
1: for sure it's yeah it's a bizarre version of how we deal with each other you know and and that whole idea of even male friends it's you're not really connecting with each other you're just you're just kind of numbers in a way. You're just you're just next to each other, and it's not really humanity the way we
0: think of it. I think in in our reality. And speaking of the numbers, this movie, The Lobster, is released in 2015. Uh, it was written and directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, along with his buddies. Uh, it's won a bunch of prizes at the 2015 Cannes Festival, and it stars Colin Farrell, who we might remember from Total Recall. And it also has Rachel Weiss, the Mummy fame. And she's done a whole bunch of other stuff. It's just I watched the Mummy and I enjoyed the Mummy the most. Uh, so that's why I think of her.
1: And yeah, he Yorgos wrote it with Ithimo Philippa. That's and the him. two of them have uh, worked together on about three films now. So they've co written and then created. So they've got a bit of a partnership going on now.
0: He's got a couple a couple of these stars of The Lobster actually worked in these earlier yeah, think, films, so Dog yeah. Whistle and so this is his first English language movie, which he decided he had to do in order to sort of break into the next level of movie development. So,
1: And it was nominated probably top level uh, for best screenplay at the Oscars and obviously nominated across uh, a lot of other festivals. And you were saying at Cannes, it was a big thing at Cannes.
0: Oh, yeah, it, it got a lot of stuff out. And I don't, I'm not surprised. So before we go too far, though, let's... Let's give uh, everyone an idea of what the movie's about. A bit of a refresher in case they watched it back in 2015 yep. at Cannes. <laughs> what an th- experience
1: th- that would have been in the Cannes theatre. There, there would have been yeah. at least
0: three people in that <laughs> movie theatre.
1: I think that audience would have really had a ball with this movie. They would have really laughed out loud and shrieked in other moments. I you reckon? <laughs> yes, I think so. Because okay. it does both. <laughs>
0: okay, so, so let's, let's give a bit of a rundown then of this film. So it opens with a very long dry shot of a woman driving her car along and she stops on a country road and then quite suddenly shoots a horse dead or a pony or something. Yeah. Maybe there's a mule. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not know.
1: exactly sure. We were still inside the car as well looking out. So, yeah, we're a bit at a bit of distance.
0: So we're then introduced quite quickly then to David, the primary character and one of the very few names we actually learn in the film. That's right, yeah. In fact, the cast uh, are credited by other features. Yeah, weird human
1: traits, that's right. Yeah, David is played by Colin Farrell.
0: David's Colin Farrell. And he's sitting there talking to his, uh, what we take to be his ex-wife or ex-partner, asking about the man that she's seeing. And he wants to know if he wears glasses or contacts. She then tells him, well, it's all over, you have to leave now. So he gets up with his dog and he... Off he goes, down, he checks into a hotel, which really does seem a lot more like a prison. He has to stand behind a line. He has to surrender all of his clothes. He's given standard issue clothing. He's given a number one oh one.
1: And he's asked a lot of personal questions as well. If you remember in the check-in scene, oh yeah, like you know, like his sexual preferences, his um, past preferences. His relationship status and, and all these other sort of weird, very personal questions. Very
0: strange. Yeah, very
1: strange for a hotel.
0: And eventually we learn uh, after this that he's basically checked into this singles hotel where people who do not have partners go to find a partner. They've got 45 days to find a partner or they get turned into an animal of choice. David gets asked what his chosen animal is and the lobster that's what he's chosen, and he's asked why. Why be a lobster? Well, he says that there's because they live a hundred years, they're always fertile, and he's always quite like the sea. It's a very odd choice, lobster, it but is, yeah. um, I can understand He wants to live a long time, and he always maybe he wants to have kids. Yeah. So then, while he's at this hotel, then he he goes through a few strange rituals here. The first day he's there, he has his hand tied behind his back to show him why it's good to have two of things, uh, has to watch little plays, little dramas on stage, demonstrating that when you have a partner in life, you have, everything's better. For example, if you choke, you, they can give you the Heimlich manoeuvre <laughs> and you don't die. It's a great scene, that one. Also then that you don't get raped. Yeah, because
1: women, of, women need a partner, otherwise they get raped all the time. <laughs> I,
0: I know, I've been, I've, I've, I've been uh, wondering about what the benefit of having a partner was mm, all this time. Yeah. There you go.
1: Just the way they put that on stage, it's really quite so, yeah. funny.
0: Choking and so forth. So then David, at breakfast, he meets a couple of men, a limping man and a lisping man. And the lisping man, he wants to be a parrot, which of course is pointed out as a bit strange that his primary feature being that he has a speech impediment, but he wants to turn into the only animal that can actually talk. And the limping man, he got his limp because he jumped into the wolf enclosure at a zoo in order to be near his mother, who had been turned into a wolf. He got savaged by all the wolves. But there were two that didn't rip his leg apart. And he likes to think one of them was his mother. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe the first one in was was the one who ate his leg. Yeah, that's that's a
1: good question.
0: Uh, And then they have a dance scene where he meets um, a a few of the women. Mm. There's a woman who likes biscuits, butter biscuits. There's a girl who gets nosebleeds. And her best friend, who we learn later on, has... Very beautiful hair. And, uh,
1: and the mean woman as well.
0: Oh, um, yes. And there's a, a heartless woman. A, a heartless woman, woman who he, yeah, he right. later learns will be devoid of heart. I think that's <laughs> what it says. Yeah. Yeah. So so they also have to go on these hunts for the loners, who, who we learn of are people who have run away from their responsibility of turning to an animal after failing to find a partner. And every time that you bag one of these loners, you get an extra day at the mm. hotel. The loners get turned into animals uh, we don't, it's undisclosed what animals they get turned into. The worst kind, I think. Yeah, they say the They make reference. Time. The worst kind of animal. Yeah. You know, don't know what that is. No. And so the, the rules of this place keep going on. So you're not allowed to masturbate. But every day, the towns get stimulated <laughs> by the staff, yeah. which is dreadful. Not stimulated to, to climax, just to arousal. Yeah. And then masturbation is totally illegal. In fact, the lisping man was caught doing so, and they, they stuck his hand in a toaster yeah. and burnt his hand in front, of, brutal, that in front of everyone else at breakfast.
1: Yeah. just kept, Everyone else just kept eating their breakfast <laughs> Every, as well. So. Everyone's just
0: sitting there just watching <laughs> this guy getting uh, his hand yeah. rather brutally and screams. burnt in a toaster. We have, uh, oh, I, I've got a cut for there's just so much in this movie, it's incredible. So as it turns out, they're all looking for partners. The limping man, unable to find another woman with a limp, Despite one of them turning... Up, so a woman turns up with a, a limp, but he looked into it. She just had a sprained ankle, and she'd be healed <laughs> later on. No good. Yeah. So instead, he smashes his face into a table a few times until he bleeds out the nose so that he can partner up with a bleeding nose woman, mm. which I, I, don't know, I found that a rather particularly brutal scene. Uh, the limping man then gets to go on a two-week holiday and then finally two weeks at a yacht to try and make sure they're compatible. And if... If they argue too much or they have too many troubles, then they're given a child, which usually does the trick, apparently. David, of course, then deciding that it's probably easier to fake not having feelings when you do than to fake having feelings when you don't, he decides to pretend to be essentially a bit of a psychopath in order to catch you pair up with this heartless woman. The uh, heartless woman at that point um, kicks his dog to death in a test. David cries, as you'd expect. And he's found out. He's then dragged to the the manager's towards the manager's office. She's going to expose him, and he'll be turned into something terrible. Uh, but with the help of one of the roommates, uh, we don't really understand why he tranquilizes this woman, and in fact takes her off to the animal transformation room. And we—that's the last we see of her. Do you want do you want to pick up the second half of this? Yes, yeah, because,
1: because it's a pretty perfect midpoint of the film, and then from there he escapes the hotel and enters the woods with the loners, uh, where we learn some of the rules of the loners. And the fact is that they are loners and they're not allowed to uh, form any sort of relationship with each other. They can talk to each other, but they're not allowed to form an actual uh, relationship, male, female, friendship, etc. They're not allowed to flirt. And we're told a very strict rule straight away, which is if they're caught, they are punished. And there's a couple that have their mouths have been cut open, I believe. Slashed. And it's all bandaged and bloodied and all that sort of stuff. And we are also told about the ultimate punishment of uh, red intercourse, yes. which uh, we, we we sort of can imagine what that would be, and it's very disturbing if no, you think about No, we're not
0: actually told. The, specifics of the, the, the narrator, which yeah. is this uh, female voice that we've yet to meet, I believe, yes. at this point, she says that she'd heard of the red intercourse but uh, oh. only could only guess at what that meant.
1: Yeah, and so that character... Uh, um, who has been narrating, we, we see her and she is a loner and we get her perspective on David. And she's basically saying that she's looking at him and she, she likes him. She, she is interested in him, even though there is this danger involved as being a loner. Um, and so they actually do build a bit of a relationship about rabbits. He, he will, she loves rabbits, eating rabbits and he, uh, he, he returns the rabbits to her and their relationship does develop. Um, then they are chosen and taken to the city with the, the loaner leader and they in the city they, I suppose, are collecting supplies, I, I guess. You know, we sort of see them in the shopping mall. Yeah, and, and contact are, lenses. Yeah, and they're doing some of those things. And the we also visit the loaner leader's parents and they seem quite normal, her parents, which is uh, when the rest of them don't. The loaners yeah, they, are, they, are they not.
0: Seem, they seem to talk to each other Everyone else up to this point has been talking in a very flat, almost autistic sort of fashion, you know, as if they're, they're locked away from mm. uh, real expression. But oddly enough, the loner's leader's parents seemed to talk quite lovingly to each other yeah. and were clearly very fond and very comfortable around each other, whereas everyone else was very standoffish and a bit awkward. Uh, and it makes you wonder the, the, the comparison then between the, the leader, who was the most strict loner versus her parents.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe that. Yeah, it's a bit of, bit of a talking point there. Yeah. And um, they return to the forest, I guess, with those supplies and days go by and they fall in love, basically, uh, David and Um, I think she is known as the short-sighted
0: woman. Short-sighted woman.
1: (laughs) In the forest. Rachel Weiss's character. Um, and they do fall in love and they come up with a, you know, cute little code system that they can talk to each other in sign language and, and how, and they talk about that. And he keeps giving her rabbits and she's sort of falling in love with him. And we, we, we see that unfolding and they're doing it behind closed eyes. They, um, uh, then are taken, go back to the city and the leader, in a really good scene, she is realising that, in fact, they must be falling in love. Um There's a great scene with the parents playing the music and they start making out. I, I really liked that scene because I thought it was very... It was actually a lot of emotion. You know, suddenly, when I mean, the film hadn't had much emotion, suddenly we see David and short-sighted woman really start to get it on because this lovely music that her parents are playing... Um, is is kind of pulling them into a very romantic moment. It was like it was um, opening up some sort yeah, of emotion. Yeah, it was. I,
0: it reminded me a lot of what you might see a couple of young yeah. teen, teen lovers who yeah. just, just found each other. Yes. So they, yeah, that real lust. Can't let, sort let go of, of each other. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I, I I actually liked how that scene was, and you see the leader getting kind of more and more. She's twigging on to what's going on, and from that moment onward onwards, you see that she. she needs to punish them. And so it leads to a scene where, again, um, they're back in the city and Rachel Weisz's character is being told that her eyesight will be fixed and, in fact, she's being blinded. Um, Mm. So it's a a real horrific turn of event for the character. Um, She gets blinded. She realises. She attacks. The leader tricks her and she attacks. She thinks she's killing the leader when, in fact, she's killing one of the other loners. And um, she's sort of broken and downhearted. Um, and when David then re-enters n- learning that she's blind, we sort of see that he's very disappointed because now he's thinking we're not connected. <laughs> yeah, we're not both short-sighted. We're not both short-sighted, which is sort of the whole premise like, of the story. I find it very, f-
0: very funny that they decided to make him short-sighted. Yes, yeah. Which yeah. was kind of his whole approach or the whole... Yeah. Society, the cultural approach, yeah, is short-sighted. Yeah. And well, you
1: know, I, again, yeah. I guess you know, think about the nosebleeds. Oh, we're connected because we are nosebleeds. We're yeah. connected because we're short-sighted. We're 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 connected because we're heartless. You know, <laughs> like it's such absurd little things again that we're going to connect over. So there is a comment there about, I think, probably relationships in our world. Anyway, so then the question for David is, does he? Because they were planning on escaping as a couple from the loners. Will that still go ahead? And there's a bit of a debate. We see through his facial expressions and those scenes he's helping her, but he's also frustrated by those moments. Um, but then he right, you know I suppose we're heading towards the the climax. he decides yes, and he he sort of through code reveals that they will run away. Um, and we have a, then suddenly a brutal scene where, he just knocks the leader out charges, and charges, out of, charges out of the bushes and whacks her when Clunk. she's not looking. Um, and then she wakes up in a grave with wolves, you know, and dogs uh, around Which her. Which we
0: previously have been told, you've got to cover your face with dirt or the wild dogs will come and eat wild your face Wild dogs will off. eat your face. And, so they,
1: and they are people that have changed, <laughs> as we know. So it's kind of a little bit of an irony for the leader that's a loner and, yeah, that's going to happen to her. Um and then we get to this really amazing last scene where of course they're as a couple they're in the city and um they're they're talking and you can see that David's still you know, he's still a bit undecided and he decides to that he's gonna make himself blind and so he goes to the bathroom and he's got the sharp steak knife up to his eye and uh we come back to the short sighted woman and we go back to David and then we come back to the short sighted woman. And that's the end of the story. Goes we don't black get silent. an answer. Um, mm. You know, do, the the film is asking us, does he do it and return or does he not do it and run away? Or does you he know? not do it and return?
0: Yeah. Is it the three options, really. It yeah.
1: is the three options. So, yeah, and it's a good question really to end on with, again, I just think this is so absurd, this movie, this story and everything that, yeah, the ending is absurd. Really, you know. Again, yeah.
0: These endings are like that. They're a great opportunity, though, to to talk about it because there are three basic options. Yes, and I would love to hear what the what what people think that Definitely. is because I. I've got what I, what I would like to have happened. What,
1: what, is, that, what, what is it that what you think? It? Yeah, what, what do you think? What do you want to happen? What, do, well, do, you, do you want him to stab his eyes out? You know? Do you, what, what are you thinking at the end of that well, story? Well, see,
0: the problem is I can see at the end, he's kind of learnt some lessons about life and the fact, for example, that he doesn't have this short-sighted connection anymore, but nonetheless, they've run off. They've developed this sign language together which even though she's blind he now he, he speaks it out loud. Mm. You know he says something like you know I bend over and tap my left ankle twice yeah. touch my ear you it know he, nice he touch, explains yeah. it. Yeah. And she knows fully what he's saying. So I think maybe he's realized that they do actually have a lot of connections through living being forced to live together without being forced to being a partner. You know they they've had to build up a repertoire of relationship yeah, definitely. But that leaves me. To, so that leaves me the the point where he doesn't run away. So in any case, he's, he ends up with it. But does he go? Oh, I love her so much. Yes, I will gouge my eyes out so we have this even a, a greater shared hmm. notion. Or does he say, actually, I love her so much, even though we don't have the same eye affliction, hmm. yeah. and so I can be with her. And I'm torn between those two because either one is is kind of romantic yeah, if you think yeah. it. it's a bit tragic gouging his own eyes out but there's lots of blind people who live perfectly happily yeah in the world. Like oh, definitely and she she
1: even implies that doesn't yeah, she she like, even she, says she, so you kind of get used to yeah, it yeah, after yeah a while. And, she, and it's only just happened to her so she's yeah. sort of adjusted to it quite well yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so so I, I think i think he stays with her i i i can't decide whether he gouged his eyes out. i think he doesn't <laughs> he hasn't shown himself to be dramatic or extreme a character as some of the other characters there. So I'm going to go with he doesn't gouge his own eyes out. He goes back and stays with her. Yeah, yeah. And because they've discovered that there's more to their relationship than sharing a physical characteristic or trait. Yeah, yeah. And, And, I mean, you know, especially in
1: storytelling, he decided to escape with her. That scene where he does speak out their code... And, he, and she's like, really? And then the next scene is, you know, him bludgeoning the leader. So you presume that that's what he told her. He said, like, I'm going to get her and then we'll escape. Well,
0: yeah, only, and only after he actually took the action because up till then he was singing that yeah, yeah, Where was, the Red Roses that's bloom that's by right, yeah. um, Nick Cave yeah, yeah. with with Colin <laughs> Oak, which is about bashing his lovers to yeah, death and yeah. leaving her to bleed out yes. at the river. And they're by the river mm-hmm. or by a waterway. Yeah. And, yeah, I, you, I personally was getting the feeling I was going, oh, God, no. Is he, is he saying that
1: gonna they, they've, they've
0: agreed to, like, kill her because yeah. she's blind, blind now and yeah. can't be with, like... So I was, I was mm-hmm. actually really quite pleased when he sort of popped out of the bushes and clocked that leader yeah. on the head. on, ah, yeah. oh, that's okay then.
1: But this, this is the fantastic thing of a film like this is that you don't know what happens at the end and it's mm. up to us as the audience. The audience gets to make the decision on what did David do? You know, did David stay with her? Did he ga- guard her eyes out or did he run away? You know, and, mm. and it's, it's it's an interesting one. I, I feel that because the story made it that he decides to run away with her, with their special code, he's just doubtful about poking his own eyes out and that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And there's other ways. I mean, she got blinded by a surgeon Maybe that's what they need to go do. Maybe he needs to get a surgeon to do it. Maybe he can't do it himself. You know, I can't imagine trying to do it myself either, but it does feel like their relationship is strong and they like each other. And in this weird, you know, you know, from the minute the, the minute we introduced to David, he's, he's heartbroken. Like his wife is leaving him for another short-sighted man. Mm. And so, you know, the quest is for him to find a partner. Otherwise he's going to be turned into an animal. And, uh, so you sort of, I think as an audience member, you're wanting him to find someone, you know, cause obviously if he goes into, the, if he doesn't and he runs away with her, runs away from her, sorry, uh, what can he do in the city? They're going to catch him, aren't they? You know, the police yeah. or whatever. Where's his papers, all this sort of stuff. No, they're actually um, examining people's yeah, they, marriage licenses. Yes, and yeah. If they look, they just look a bit suspicious, you know, they, they're examining people's. <laughs> if people, if so.
0: there's a, a man standing by himself in a supermarket or a shopping center. Yeah, you're center. in trouble. <laughs> Which I, I also found was a, a, a comical take on, I suppose, the stereotypes and clichés of, of men being left by their wives in yeah. the supermarket while the wife's going off doing all the shopping and the man's yeah. saying, looking like, like an idiot. Uh, I, I have been in that situation myself yeah, a few times. Yeah, have, we all have, have I, I would really prefer to be somewhere else, yeah. but I will the, the patiently way, wait.
1: The way he answered that guard's questions, I thought, you know he, he sort of said, oh, well, which shop is she in? And he's like, Uh and he's looking yeah. around. It's like, that. well, that is a thing, isn't he? I don't know which shop she's in. She's in one of these shops. She oh, could
0: be in that one over there. And there's a wow. hundred <laughs> shops
1: in here. You know? It could be in any of them. So, yeah, it was interesting, uh, that concept. My, my personal thing is I think he does come back. I'm not sure about him poking his eyes out. So then maybe they need to come up with a new plan. Um, but I do love an ending like this because you just think, you know, it ends with her sitting in the booth on her own. She's waiting. The waiter tops up her water. He hasn't come back. I mean, maybe he's escaping out the toilet window <laughs> and running away. Your mind just goes with it. You know, I love it. And then you get the credits and you just, your brain is thinking, yeah, what, what, what is he doing? What's he actually going to do? So I, I, I love that sort of ending. I've got to say, makes sure, anything that makes me think like that at the end of the film is, is great. Probably. Yeah,
0: I, I think it was, it, it was a good way of wrapping it up. I've seen other movies where they try to do the same sort of thing. Yep. Uh, with, I think it was less, less satisfaction Some, sometimes where you're left without a clear answer and none of the possibilities are kind of fit or feel satisfactory. But I think in this case, the three possibilities, you're kind of going, well, they all kind of fit with the tone of the movie and fit with yeah. the characters uh, it wouldn't have mattered which of the three ways he yeah, went; yeah. it would still, it would still suit and would yeah. be an appropriate finish. Yeah. As opposed to, there's there's movies I've seen where they actually have have a, a fixed ending, closing off, and you sort of go, that, that doesn't match the whole no, rest no. of the film. That's right.
1: Bit of climax, but yes. I, you know, I know the, the more I thought about it, you know, because the fact is, the opening is the woman scorned, woman driving down the road, shooting the donkey or pony or whatever it is, dead uh, violently. And that's all we know of the context. Like, is that a little bit of foreshadowing that maybe he does run away at the end? And that's kind of, a, you know, a metaphor. That woman is a, is a version of Rachel Weiss's character because if he runs away, again, he's going to probably be put back through the system as he's going to become an animal. And yeah. so she could be the scornful woman. Like, you know, she's blind, she's waiting there and he never comes... Like, you know, if you imagine also that for her, he never comes back to the table.
0: Well, I'd like to counter that, though, with the very next scene where <laughs> David is sitting there asking whether the man his wife's gone off with has contacts or glasses, mm. as if that is the most important question to ask. Yes. Does, does he wear contacts? And later on in the film, he he's, he's taking the rabbits to the short-sighted yeah. woman yep. and so he sees someone else to bring her rabbits. And then he yeah, grabs he, ang- he He's jealous, like, yeah. Chases off this guy and sort yeah. of wrestles him down and says, you're wearing contacts, you're wearing contacts. <laughs> And yeah. it, it wasn't. Yeah. And so, I mean, even at that point there, basically he's still fixated on this, his own short-sightedness mm. as being an important thing. But by the end, she's blind. He knows that mm. it's, she's not wearing contacts because yeah. that's what he, he asks um, when they come back from the city the first time. Yeah. Well, what did you get? She said, oh, some contacts. Yeah. And you see him suddenly perk up and go, oh, yeah. well, are you short-sighted? Yes. Yeah. I wore contacts. And it, yeah, so I think, so that's my counter argument is that by the end of it, he's... He's accepted differences. He's Mm. accepted there's more to things. So, uh, yeah, running away, he could do. Still could do because he has run away from a number of situations in that film where he he just couldn't even handle it.
1: Well, I just mean because symbolically, you know, at the start, why is she shooting the the donkey or the pony is it because obviously there's some sort of broken down relationship yet yeah, and that but then that person has become an animal
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so they've gone through that time frame now he's running away from everything you'd presume he's now a loner so if he runs away from the the restaurant at the end of the movie and he's captured he would just be automatically turned into an animal so if she's pissed off that he he doesn't come back and then she knows he's a donkey out in the field somewhere. Does she go and kill him like the lady at the start? So I'm just I'm just saying like, no, you know, is. it's like a little bit of a, that's a version of her character. But like we said, it's up to us to decide what happens at the end of the movie. And I'd love to hear some audience reaction to the end of The Lobster. So if you're out there and you watch The Lobster, yeah, hit us up and let us know what you think happens at the end of the film.
0: Yeah, you can get us on uh, Twitter at Space Brains Pod. Yes, or Facebook. Yep. Look up Space Brains. Yes. Type in Space Brains Podcast in Google. I'm yes. sure you'll come across us sooner or later.
1: You will. Yeah, there's many channels out there of communication. Um, so
0: while we're at that then, uh, let's let's crack into the uh, viewing experience.
1: Yeah, well, look, mine was really opposite to passengers. This one was a very isolated experience. I went down to my local library, laptop, headphones, uh, sat in a little oh, corner. That would have been brutal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, you know it, it, um, so I sat in a little corner and I got right into the viewing experience and it did it sucked me in you know so even though I was on a laptop and there was people around in the library etc um yeah I, I was kind of glued to the the screen and I mean that, that scene we've been talking about the I was just like what the what is this film going to be about this is, here's a lady that's killing an animal straight away uh, and then coming in on Colin Farrell's character and when, and you know it's not a Hollywood film so we're off behind his head we can't even see this you know good-looking great actor that Colin Farrell is and and uh you know we're being told that he's breaking up with a woman and about short-sightedness and it just I just straight away was like wow what what is going on and the film really kept me on that hook for quite a while and uh when he when he crossed from the hotel to the uh to the loners it was really interesting and meeting you know, the Rachel Weiss character and her, her being the narrator. It was kind of, oh, okay, she's the narrator and all this sort of stuff. Disturbing, yes. Funny, yes.
0: Yeah, that's probably about know, like, that right.
1: So my viewing experience was both laughing and kind of a bit of creaking in the chair, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like a bit of uncomfortableness. Um, but I, I loved I really liked it. I really did like it. What did you think?
0: Well, I, I sat there and watched it uh, of an evening with my wife, like Passengers. We don't often get evenings where we can sit together at the same time and watch something, so we did take the opportunity. It, one thing it did—it made me feel very glad that I had this beautiful woman beside me and didn't have to turn to an animal myself. Well, <laughs> yeah. I—I think one of the things that we both really got out of it is—it's something we've talked about often, where we talk about how it, it's really—we really appreciate the fact that we have each other. Yeah is that there's good times when you're single, but then there's all those times where you're kind of sitting at home alone, just kind of staring at a wall type of thing, or you're much like in the movie at that dance. You just sort of go out and you you kind of dance with someone, um, but you kind of walk off and like... Yeah, you go your separate you, ways. Yeah, you're like, it's just yeah. such a, a, a pointless, meaningless a waste of time almost. Like You just kind of go, well, I could be creative or something, but you don't want to be. You, you kind of want to meet people, yeah. but... Yeah, so, so it was really nice to sit there. Uh, we had a, a few few moments to talk about it too, which was quite good. So a lot of movies, it's action the whole way through. Mm. Even movies which aren't action movies mm. often will splice in so there's not much going on, uh, not much downtime. Yeah, This movie had periods uh, of maybe 30 seconds or a minute or so of just kind of silent um, process where someone's walking, doing something, So we found it was it was really handy to be able to talk then about this crazy scene or sequence we'd just watched and how it relates to people doing things. So that was yeah, and as it was it was totally different experience to passengers, where we didn't talk, we just kind of sat and we watched it and enjoyed it in silence together. This one here we felt compelled to make comment Mm -hmm. because there are bits yeah build up to. Where he knocks out the leader lady. There's the build up where they're making out uh, with the guitars playing. <laughs> there's yeah. there's a bit where he's with the heartless union you know, where there's kind of this silent sequences where you, yet something's coming. Yeah, something big is going to happen, and then we're we're wondering what because the nature of the film meant that almost anything could happen. That's know? right. Yeah, at, any, at any at any point, one of the characters could get knifed in the throat or turned into an animal or could. Find someone who shares a defining characteristic or something. Yes, yeah. So, so yeah, it was it was a great viewing experience in that sense. And I
1: mean, it, it, it did have that spectacle to it, didn't it? Of, of really good cinema. So that you know, the, the blonde girl when she she's got no more days. You know, we go from her 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 last wish and basically having a fight with her best friend. And then we see the horse with the blonde, long yeah, blonde locks. With a blonde mane. Yeah, so they deliberately made that. But that and the leader being smacked and, you know, um, them also, I thought was really interesting in the scene where the loners attacked the hotel and you thought they were going to like annihilate the people in there, but they set them up basically to have a bad relationship, don't they? You know, they. Yeah, to break they, them up. To break them up, you know. So it, it's, 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 uh, that was a big surprise to me. I was kind of expecting them. Sheer violence from the loners. Oh, just you know, I loved in that. I just, liked it.
0: You just brought up there the the scene David gets on the yacht where yeah. the bleeding nose woman and the limping guy who's been faking bleeding nose. Yes. And David then reveals yes that he's just been faking the blood nose and that's probably just cherry juice on his shirt. Yeah. And they kind of look at each other, and neither of them seem to care. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're expecting in a typical. Hollywood movie. Yes, it would be fisticuffs. Oh my god! You betrayed me. You've been lying to me. They, I think they both kind of accepted and went. Well, you know, we're better off in this situation where we're kind of not living our true selves than Mm. we are being turned into animals. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was just very very good little disappointing scene. Yeah. Well, he just tells him to get off the boat. he he just just leaves. He goes, okay then. Get get off, get off. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's no violence
1: or there's the little
0: girl is saying, stab him, yeah, kill him. Like. (laughs) Their little daughter, well, their little daughter was given to them to stop them from arguing so much.
1: Well, because her role is to keep them together, so I suppose... It really did feel with that little girl that, you know, she was very robotic almost that mm. it's like, you know, like a science experiment and you're not going so well, oh, I'll add in this to the mix to help you, to yeah. help your relationship. We had, yeah. I mean, because that, that's what I first thought. when they said, oh, if you start um, arguing, we'll add a child. And I kind of thought, oh, well, children can add a lot more arguments. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but this child was more, yeah, I think it's almost like an aid. Like, you know, and it felt and she felt a bit robotic. But that, but, that is but their anyway. play
0: on that classic, yeah. you know, of, um, we're, we're, we're drifting apart. So maybe we'll have a child or we'll get child, a puppy yeah, or something. Yeah, that's you know. correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was a, I, I had a good view and experience, a bit isolated and it did definitely make you think about your relationships in your life. And I mean, this whole film made me think about, you know, the way we are, the way we have relationships and, and the way we put emphasis on having a relationship and getting a partner. And I think the film is kind of a bit of a, Cray cray version of that, you know, it yeah, takes that to the extreme. Does the extreme yeah.
0: to expose yeah, these, to, these to, points yeah, about, yeah. about yeah. our culture?
1: So, I mean, I we we on this podcast like to we're going to rank films on a bit of a ladder, oh, yeah. and um, obviously last last episode, Passengers, that was the first film. So, this is our second episode. Can
0: the lobster knock passengers (laughs) off the top right? Well,
1: for me, yes. Yes, it does. So, just the experience. I loved passengers. I had a good experience with passengers, and it was at the top of the ladder. This one, for me, does go on above Yeah,
0: I'm going to agree with you right there. Lobster came in. I was looking forward to it. As soon as I read the little synopsis saying people have 45 days to find a partner or turn into an animal, like that was pretty much all I knew about it, which I just thought that sounds like the craziest. How do you make that into a cohesive sensible film yeah. <laughs> and it could <laughs> well, have been it. <laughs> it could have gone so badly it could have but but I did it didn't the whole yeah the whole thing just works so well and there's such different films it's mm. it feels a bit unfair comparing them because they are so it different does. it does but i i know that the lobster is going to be haunting me mm. and and my companion for years to come, <laughs> yeah. it will definitely be bringing those those little scenes are going to be coming back at me back up to me uh, much later on time. Just a
1: good reminder for you to be extra nice to your wife so oh, that you I'm... don't turn into an animal uh, yeah, as the I... film suggests. So, what about uh, some of the best scenes? Well, yeah. we, we've talked about a few moments in the film now. Well, l- l- label a particular scene that you okay, really so like. Okay, so
0: I'll, we'll we'll alternate. So yeah. I'll I'll say one scene. And then you can have one and we'll keep going to we've run out of best scenes. <laughs> I think we'll cap it at maybe two or three. Yeah, I think just, just a couple each, couple each. Because it's, it's, there's a lot in there. One that really, really struck me was dancing alone to electronic music. Yes. So first of all, we're told, <laughs> yeah, can we dance? Yes, we dance, but we, we dance alone. That's why we listen to electronic music. And that that actually sort of sounded a bit like a, an 80s, was it, safety dance song. But anyway, <laughs> so... There's a scene where they they walk back into the woods after something or other and there's just all these people in the woods wearing headphones and it's silent, but they're all doing this wacky rave-style dancing with their arms flipping about Mm. and they're sort of shuffling around and not looking at anyone and they're not dancing with anyone but they're all dancing to a different beat. And I have been to a number of goth clubs in Melbourne and that looks just so much like that where you'd see... You just see a whole dance floor full of people, but no one's dancing with each other. Everyone's yeah, doing their own you know, wacky style from sort of shuffling, looking down at the ground to the the full on, you know, glow sticks in the hands, flipping about and and that's that's why it really it really took me as a scene is because it, it spoke to this experiences I had. And for a while there I was single in Melbourne, going to these goth clubs. And yeah, it was you could you could go up and dance all you liked. It was electronic music for the most part, but you were probably not going to be dancing with other people. You'd be dancing near other people, and uh, I suppose as a as an extension of that, there's the the bit where David and the short side woman synchronise their music. You know, they yeah, sit and they finally yeah. hit play at the same time, yeah. and then they do that sort of slow dance. Yeah, I saw that as well. The same goth clubs where yeah finally you'd, you'd see someone dancing with someone else. And they'd be doing that as well, again, dancing to a seemingly a different beat to everyone else, but they're in sync. And so just those those images, that scene, it just it really captured the feeling, even though they're in the forest, it it was perfect.
1: Yeah, I liked that scene too. To be honest, mm. it was kind of it was after the a hotel attacking the hotel. Yeah, I think it was going to come back so from it was the hotel. So sort of like a celebration. I yeah, think yeah. they yeah. got to like so, all dance alone. Dance. Uh, so it was <laughs> kind of good. Yeah, and I mean, look on that more early in the film, a scene I really liked was the idea of what it is to be the awkwardness of being single. And so it's in the ballroom, all the women are dressed in that same dress, all the men are dressed in the same outfit, uh, which they get when they check into the hotel, as we're as we're seen. And it's that it's again, it's that absurdity of of being single, you know, and and the three guys are like talking about, oh, I'm gonna go have a dance, but they're not dancing. And it's just again, very awkward. And then Colin Farrell, David, character uh, gets up and he walks over to the girls. And again, the girls have kind of like bunched up together, you know, so it's that real yeah. old fashioned kind of the guys are on this side and the girls are on the other, and it's like, what is it like to be single? And he goes up and asks her for a dance, and and then they have a dance. And like you were sort of saying, that sort of awkwardness on the dance floor is being played out. I I thought that was a really nice scene, just that really emphasising the singledom.
0: That was it was actually one of one of my best scenes as well. In particular, I liked at the end of the singing and the dancing, they open the blinds. And it's just still morning. So it's, it's only <laughs> shortly after breakfast. Yeah, yeah. It looked that you got the feeling it was an evening and they'd gone, it's like having a night out type thing.
1: Well the alarm goes, doesn't it? And it's straight yeah, away, they're drawing they, the blinds and it's like
0: the tables. Yeah,
1: they're just straight into it. Yeah. Everyone's
0: back onto the next onto the next activity, which oh, yeah, is the hunt. They they pull on their hunting coats, grab their guns, and off they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay, so scene number two. Because that was actually the dancing is my number three, so yeah. I'm going to lump it in with yours yeah. anyway. You've got an extra number two one. was the the banging the head on the table to get a blood nose. <laughs> that it shocked me. Like I wasn't expecting it because he first gets his blood nose in the pool, and the camera's a long way off, and you do actually see him
1: wacky head, Yeah. Yeah, he's
0: talking with this girl, and he's just <laughs> saying the most. All that oh, breaststroke. Oh, yeah, so so <laughs> awkward. I was just yeah. cringing because he's going. You know, I like to swim too. You know, like all sorts of things. You know, backstroke, freestyle, crawl, uh, breaststroke. I really like breaststroke. Breaststroke. And you, you're going, okay. Oh, I like your bathers. Because she, <laughs> she had just been doing backstroke yeah. with her, her breasts wiggling up yeah, above yeah. the water yeah. in a little bikini. And there he wouldn't stop talking about breaststroke. And so she sort of looks at him and goes, Okay.
1: You're very creepy. That's yeah. a bit,
0: yeah, wrong. And so she swims off and the camera stays on him for a moment. And, you know, he, he sort of hangs his head and goes, Ah, oh, you know, you could, clearly he's going like that. I just, what am I didn't, doing? And that didn't what work. What the hell am I yeah. doing? And the camera is a long shot. So he can't quite see what he's doing, but he sort of turns around. And I actually just thought he just turned around and was hanging his head, like, as in, like, Ah, oh, whatever, you know, what a tool. I've just sat there talking about. Breaststroke to some girl, and she's clearly creeped out by it. Yep. And then he's got a blood nose. I'm going, dude, that's. Do, do you always get blood noses? Yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. a bit. But then we have this scene where he's talking with David. Davis, says, "I saw you." Yeah. And then he just whacks his head. Yes. Not once, but like multiple times on the table, really hard. Trying
1: to get a blood. Until
0: wrist. he gets a blood nose, and he's expressionless. He yeah. doesn't cringe. He doesn't pull back for it. And I was just so shocked by the suddenness and. And the the lack of expression he has is clearly his desperation because he indicated a few times that he was getting a partner. He was not turned into an animal. He he abused the other two guys of choosing stupid animals. One would be thrown in a pot and cooked and the other one would be a parrot with a lisp. And, yeah, and he proved it by banging his head that it it stuck in my head, particularly because later on when David tries to break them up, they don't and Mm -hmm. he stays in it and David wanders off. Destroyed, or he gets chased out of the boat. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my number two scene.
1: Yeah, I, I, we already talked about really the second scene for me, which the which is the um, the music. But another scene I thought that was really the music, and they get you know, into their last the moment. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really good. know a
0: bit touchy feel.
1: Um, yeah. But again, yeah, when he decides to be with a heartless woman, I thought that was it was just such a nice scene. He's pretending as much as possible to be with this heartless woman. Um, and they've got an awkward situation. And then uh, they do meet John and the nose-blood woman. And they say, we've been arguing. So they've given us this child, the little girl. And John says to the little girl, give David a kiss. Give this man a kiss. And he, she goes up to kiss him. And he says, why on earth would I want to kiss right now? And he kind of shoves her a bit away. And then to be even more heartless himself, he kicks her. Yeah. <laughs> he just kicks her. Full-grown man kicks her. On air, and she she starts screaming out in pain. And I was a bit like, whoa, wow. Like, you don't see the lead character in many films kick a little girl in the shin. Uh, and then he adds to that, oh, you, you, I hope you get a limp, you'll be more like your father. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, he really, like, throw it And then they walk away. Yeah. And, uh, and the other thing, again, like we keep saying, like, the void of emotion, normal emotion. I mean, John and the nosebleed woman, who are now the mum and dad of this little girl, they don't really do anything. They don't stop him. They don't console the little girl. <laughs> they just... You know, we have this wide shot of them walking away from it. And I just, like, I was kind of intrigued, uh, disturbed, and laughing all in the one one moment in that scene. So I think that's a favourite of mine as well.
0: Yeah, that was, that was quite, again, another shock and funny. Uh, I was unsure of how he's going to react to them. Mm, yeah. Because he's, he's in there, he's trying very hard to be heartless.
1: That's right. Yeah. But he did a good job, I think. He kept the heartless going. So. Um, I'd love, again, to hear any audience members out there listening uh, to know what your best scene was or yeah. a scene that really sticks. That, as we say, the lobster, something must conjure up in your mind.
0: Oh, there are so, many, and, so uh, many scenes in there. I, I yeah. could go on all night about yes, it, but we I'm could. not going to. I'm going to go straight to my worst scene. Oh, okay. Worst, worst scene is the dead dog scene Yeah. because I found it genuinely upsetting and yeah. heartbreaking. when. If you cast your mind back, he's, uh, he's with the heartless woman and she's suspicious. She's always testing him for, to, to make sure he's actually heartless. And he wakes up, David wakes up, and the heartless woman is standing there in front of him. And then just says, I kicked your dog to death, your brother, because the dog was actually his brother. Yeah, he was yelping and moaning. And I was like, oh, gee, that sounds awful. Then I thought to myself, is this like the, the Olive scene where she pretended to choke And she just said this to see if he jumps up and races out to find his dog. And aha, gotcha. Yeah. He was probably thinking the same thing. Oh, she's just testing me. Yeah. So he says, oh, well, yes, well, I guess I'll go after breakfast. Why would I be worried about that stupid dog? And he gets up to go into the bathroom and the dog is there dead. Yeah. Poor old David has a bit of a cry. And I just found this. It was. It was a tough scene. Yeah. It was so confronting. Yeah. It was dreadful.
1: It was a good example of, of writing, raising the stakes, but you know, because we had, like like you said, she was, she tested him during sex. She tested him, you know, out, out and about. She tested him. She kind of kept testing their relationship. Mm. Being so heartless, she was not showing a lot of emotion. Um, but she was really challenging their relationship. And so then for her to kind of take it to that next notch, you know, of killing the dog, you know, um, yeah, no, it was brutal. Um, for me, it's actually, uh, for not so much, um, worse scene because I don't sort of have one because <laughs> I did really enjoy it. Like totally. I was, I was really immersed in this. Um, but I guess I was disappointed that we didn't get to see her transform. So the heartless woman, he does oh, okay. take her. And I think again, like it, it was nice to know that people transform after 45 days and this and that. But I felt like with her, it would have been nice to kind of actually have the punishment served out. Yeah. Yeah. And whether how much of that they showed us or not, I I don't know, but they they could have either shown the animal or something would have been maybe a bit of a just reward for the fact that she killed the dog. Poor little doggies. We all love doggies, don't we? So that's always the problem. But yeah, I, I felt I was a little bit miffed that we didn't get to see her, her sort of ending, so to speak.
0: Yeah. That's so
1: a lack of a worse scene. Yeah. <laughs> Just lack of a scene that I would have liked never, to see that.
0: we never found out what the transformation no, entailed. No, no, no. It was, they they made comment that, oh, they scoop your eyeballs out and cut yeah. you, take your heart and your the brain. organs and,
1: and the blood go to the hospital. And,
0: and the, yeah, the, the bits and pieces go off to the hospital. But I, and immediately I turned to my wife and said, how's he going to turn to a lobster? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. his brain will not fit in a lobster. Mm, yeah. So it's kind of left as... It's just a bit of magic in the, the yeah. film. It's um, the, the, the science in this science fiction was more the science of sociology and psychology yeah, rather yeah. than science of physics and chemistry. Yeah. The movie couldn't have worked any other way. It's like, if they'd tried to actually have a, a viable way of turning people into animals, like, it's just the whole... The whole thing would just make. I mean, it made no sense anyway. But it would have not been internally consistent. Yeah. It, it would have. It would have tried too hard. It would have been the the midi explaining the the force, where you kind of watch it and go, "Did we need to know that? Yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. If <laughs> you're gonna if you're gonna do that, well, sure. It sort of seems a bit of a strange choice. But yeah, so I think it would have been a strange choice to get an insight into the process. Yeah. It would have been revealing something that. Uh, best left unrevealed. Yeah. Right.
1: And I think it is a good example probably as a story that, well, as an audience member, I went along with it. I didn't really need to see it. Like I, I would have liked to see in that scene to that particular yeah. character. <laughs> you like a bit of revenge for her is the same with, you know, the, 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 the leader, the loner leader at the end. It's good that we see that she's going to probably be eaten alive by the wolves and the dogs and stuff. So it's kind of, it's always nice, you know, isn't it? The, the, the sadistic or the, the bad people in a story, you know, to get some sort of just re- reward, uh, deserved um, punishment, I suppose. Sorry, not reward. But, um, yeah, But it, it, I agree. Like, n- the narrative didn't necessarily need to reveal that to us. No, it,
0: yeah. it, it was made stronger by not having that. Yeah. It. Yeah. it was just because there were so many of these questions in the movie. For example, why do they have these rules? Why are the loners not allowed to flirt?
1: Yeah. It's yeah. like,
0: but everyone accepted that, even though it... it Largely, only seemed to be the leader who was making this rule up, mm. but it was being an extreme example of the people who had rejected partnership, partnership as a way and, of life,
1: and and also then just yeah, I suppose becoming an. And
0: I think leader. I think we've all felt that way at some point in our younger years or older years, that sort of thing. Oh, well, I don't, yeah, I, I don't need, need a partner. partner. Yeah. I'm just fine by myself, and yeah. all the rest of it. And they sort of took that concept. I think the whole yeah, I'm not going to get a partner. I'm never well, going to they- get married. And now let's take it to extreme ex, absurdity. Yeah, you know, that's right. To yeah. see how that turns out. Yeah. They it obviously out, didn't
1: well, watch that role play in the hotel, but did no. they? You know, you're going to choke to death. we well, will all be raped. Where, what? what <laughs> happens? Either way, what happens? I love that was another. And really are you bizarre.
0: just going to dance by yourself to <laughs> electronic right.
1: music? So, did you feel? I mean, we you know we like to focus on the sci-fi. Did you feel that science, or you know, what what did you kind of get out of the? Uh, interpretation of this story the, in the sciencey world.
0: Well, as I said, as, so science fiction isn't just about physics and chemistry, it can also be about psychology, sociology, uh, and that's what this film is about. Take an aspect of our society, they, they've pushed it into an, and pulled it apart into an absurd degree yeah. to get a message across. Yeah. Because if, uh, if you're trying to be too subtle about these things, Particularly when you're talking about relationships and so on, it just the the, the message of the relationship gets disappeared. Yeah. But in in keeping with their, um, all of the hotel staff tend to wear lab coats most yeah. of the time when they were doing things. Even the, the musicians, the musicians or, at the, <laughs> at the dance were all yeah. look like. Lab technicians yeah. or something. Is that? Why
1: I was thinking this is what they do. in their after hours, you know, yeah. Like they obviously change people to animals, but they also play drums. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're, they're great musicians yeah. as well.
1: No, so I, I actually and guards as well. You know, the guards were in the lab coats. And yeah, you know, they had it their, was like an institution. Yeah, well. yeah,
0: yeah. So back in my day, when I, when I was actually looking for my wife, I wasn't looking for my wife as such, but when I. I was alone and uh, in Melbourne, I actually came up with a criteria for what I wanted. I thought, well, these are, these are the definite no's. She had to be short-sighted, <laughs> have a limp. <laughs> yeah. no, no, but there were some definite no's which were regarding those sort of incompatible yeah, traits social things. Yeah. So, for example, a smoker. I don't smoke yeah. and I thought, well, it, it's just going to be too hard. One smoker, one smoker, not smoker. Uh, I'm not vegetarian, so I thought, well... Again, uh, I I was thinking well in advance of like family meals. I'm like, oh, it's just like no, I don't want to have to have those arguments, have that tension. If I go vegetarian, it would be with my wife, both of us becoming vegetarian, for example. And and so there are a few of those things. Uh, But I also read this beautiful article, which was about applying uh, game theory and statistical analysis to how you should know when to choose your partner Uh, because you've got if you're going to look at it from a point of view of maths you've got basically a a stream of partners that you're going to meet potential partners shall we say and assuming you're only dating one person at a time so you'll meet these people one at a time and generally you often can't go back to a previous so you meet someone and you have to make a decision at some point are they the best for me? Are we going to have the best relationship? Or is this going to be a subpar relationship? And then my next one will be a better one. Uh, but at some point, you've got to think, well, if you keep doing this, you're never going to know because you don't know what the next one coming is. And you don't know how many more you have. So you can there's a little statistical analysis you can use, which is um, usually applied to cards in a deck, where you've got 52 cards in the deck of so many suits and so forth. And the idea is that you've got to, you get one card dealt out to you one at a time and it has a value. And your idea is to stop at the point where you think you've got the highest value you can get. And to boil all that down, you you, you figure out a whole bunch of these variables. For example, how long you're going to be dating for, how many people you meet per day or week or year, how long each of those relationships is and so on. And it boils down to basically after about between seven and 10 you should pick the next person you come across who is better than the one prior. Mm. Now, the relationship, I shouldn't say person because <laughs> it's actually the relationship you have with the person. Like the yeah. people can't be valued on an individual. But you get the idea. So as it turns out, I chose my wife as number 11. She was better than the previous ones I could remember. It's possible that I'd have a relationship, a, a more fulfilling relationship maybe by going to number 12 or 13. But as it turns out, statistically speaking... I was best off placed at choosing her. But that led me, though, because that that goes on and on for a bit. But I found an even more interesting take on this. More interesting because it involves uh, aliens and space. (laughs) And thus it's good. So have you ever heard of the Drake equation? The Drake equation uh, was, oh dear, I don't know the guy's first name. Frank. Dr. Frank Drake. So he's asked this question, we've got the Milky Way full of stars, full of possible planets with possible civilizations, how many are out there that we can talk to? So the Drake Equation is an attempt to sort of encapsulate all the variables that would be relevant to establishing the number of intelligent civilizations that existed in the Milky Way galaxy, which would broadcast radio signals uh, at any particular point in time.
1: For sure, yeah. Uh,
0: So he plugged in a bunch of numbers and came down to a number of 10,000 said, so in the Milky Way, right now, at any given point, there's about 10,000 civilizations able to communicate. To take it further, this Philip Peter Backus. He wrote a paper which says, why I don't have a girlfriend, an application of the Drake equation to love in the UK. Now, the easy answer is the reason you don't have a girlfriend is because you're applying the Drake equation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but hey, I, I applied this other equation and I got a girlfriend. Yeah, girl. you look so at it worked criteria. Out. So, so anyway, so the Drake equation has a bunch of formulas. Uh, where the number of civilizations capable of interstellar communication is equal to the rate of formation of stars capable of supporting life times the average number of planets similar to Earth per planetary system times a fraction of the Earth-like planets supporting life of any kind times a fraction of life-supporting planets where intelligent life develops times a fraction of planets with intelligent life that are capable of interstellar communication times the length of time such communicating civilizations Survive, so that came down to some yeah you know, like there's there's three hundred billion stars, yeah and and you put those numbers in you and you end up with this number of about ten thousand yeah civilizations so he he took those in and said, the number of potential girlfriends in the u k is equal to the rate of formation of people, so that's about one hundred and fifty thousand people per year times a fraction of people in the u k who are women, so 0.51 apparently times the fraction of women in the UK who live in London, that's 0.13, times the fraction of the women in London who are age-appropriate, because obviously too old, too young, no good, times the fraction of age-appropriate women in London with a university education, because for some reason he decided he had to have a girlfriend with a university education. At one point I thought I had to have the same thing until I realised that cut out too many good women, uh, who, and, and I refined that in being women who had some desire for lifelong learning and development which is what i was really looking for uh, multiplied by the fraction university educated age-appropriate women in london who this guy peter bacchus was physically compatible with uh, multiplied by the length of time and years that he's been alive thus making a possible girlfriend encounter available so he throws all that in and finds out that there are 10,510 people in the UK that satisfy his most basic criteria for being a girlfriend.
1: That's a lot. it's yeah, so a good number for he's, him.
0: So what he's, he's, he's saying is basically <clears throat> on any given night out in London, there's somewhere around one in a thousand chance that he'll meet an attractive woman, according to his, his personal standards yeah. of attractive, between the ages of 24 and 34, with a university degree. Uh, it doesn't take into account, though, he says here, the fraction of those women who would find him attractive. Yes. So, <laughs> But one in a thousand? Yeah, yeah. And, and he says uh, it seems a bit low, but actually, you know, not too bad, particularly if he then, he actually does break out some of the criteria. So he, he removes the university education from that, immediately quadruples yeah, the right. number of women. Yeah. So it's about one in 200 or so. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad effect. There'd be effort. that
1: many people on the tr- on the tube, you know. Yeah, anyway. so, could do.
0: The only problem is he's he's now got to find some way to actually talk to them.
1: That's right. And which, talking about this experiment is probably not the best start.
0: Although it would very quickly whittle away the women that it was appropriate. Right. um And for. it would
1: be better than talking about breaststroke like John does <laughs> uh, to the nosebleed woman.
0: Is that is that his name? Yeah. Okay, and the nosebleed woman's introduced to her. I'd like to introduce you to my best friend no name that's yeah, that's right. my, no, of my blonde, best friend the one uh, with the nice hair nice hair it's yeah. like that's it yeah okay so that was my take yeah,
1: on I mean, the technicalities yeah. of this yeah. movie and i think like uh, you're you're touching on it and that's why right at the start of this show i said experiment you know because i think they are revealing a version you know like yeah it's a it's a It's an experiment on our society, you know, taking our society to the extremity of relationships. It's an extreme Um, what if because you've
0: you've got some others like, I suppose, The Martian, which is another experiment. What if we shove someone on Mars by themselves with almost no resources?
1: Yeah, and and Surrogates, that sci-fi movie where people are plugged in and clones go out in society and so they're they're versions of themselves... Uh, Bruce Willis is in it and um, the Australian actress. I can't quite put my name on her her name on her right, but that that film, you know, I mean, it's a detective kind of sci fi Mm, story, uh, like iRobot or whatever. But um, in Surrogates, yeah, we send out clones. And of course, as the film goes, Along, we realise, you know, the humans that have got the clones out. The clones are really good looking, and they're state of the art, and they're young, and all that attractive, like Hollywood actors. Yet the real people back at home operating the clones are are not, you know. So there is a bit of an experiment going on there, like social media, like how you position yourself online, you know, mm. uh, what do you look like, your selfies, etc. So I think this film did do that. That, and there is a lot of those scenes, you know, the the singleness, the isolation being alone uh, versus being with a relationship and, and how kind of absurd that is for us, you know, <laughs> like in the dance floor like we've talked about, you know, like it is a bit weird, isn't it? You might dance with someone and then you walk away and you never dance with them well, ever again. I've, or, I've had those you know, very that, that, same
0: experiences. There's know. an
1: awkwardness to it and I think the film took that awkwardness and really pushed it to the max, you know, and so that, that's how I saw it, that experiment, but it was interesting. Yeah, you you delving into the uh, the Drake formula.
0: Well, I I think it was it as relevantly as I said, there seemed to be lab coats, mm. and they, they had this number forty five days. I couldn't. The only thing uh, my wife and I we spoke about why why would it be forty five days? Yeah, like, and my wife put forward, well, it would make sure that the women went through an ovulation cycle. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what time they came into it; they'd at least have one full cycle. Yeah. Um, and, and they do, they do, you know, like, they, they didn't really do much else to them, I suppose, but day
1: one, how it's one hand, you know, so you, so again, the partnership idea, I suppose, like two hands are better than
0: one, or, you know. Yeah, just know. how hard it is to do yeah. things by yourself. And
1: they, they do sexually stimulate them, and then yet they, which is very awkward scene again with that, um, maid in the hotel yeah, sort he, he of says, like. He says,
0: oh, this is really awful. Yeah, so, <laughs> do we have to do it? Do it yeah, yes, we do. Yeah. And at first you think, oh, okay, so what they've got to have what, sex? Yeah, no, 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 just stimulation. Just, just stimulation. Just and enough, then, and then and she's timing
1: of... his erection. Yeah, well, it was fast, <laughs> like, faster, faster though, Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, that's yeah. a good sign. You know, and and she, I think she does say, oh, it's good for your um your state of being or your something. Your motivation, yeah, yeah, your motivation. Yeah, that's it. And uh and of course, yeah, the John C. Riley character being caught for masturbation. Well, if you're masturbating, then you're not going to be as desperate or motivated to go get a partner and. Yeah, I know it's bizarre, bizarre. But yeah, I think that that ex- there was experimental bits, wasn't there along the way? Technicalities, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about the, the story structure or music. The sound, use of sound in this film was quite, um, quite interesting, quite powerful. Yeah, but certainly more noticeable for me than passengers. So yes. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? Yeah,
1: well, the, I mean, the, again, the music was that sort of real classical um, set. For the scenes that that were being shown, scene scenes music wise that really stood out to me. There was three or four moments in the film where, also filmic wise or editing wise, we had slow motion. So again, when he approached the nosebleed girl to ask her on ask her for a dance, you know, it's a real slow motion of him walking across to her, and. Again, kind of like bizarre world that, you know, the walk over to a girl, you know, to ask her on a date. But at the same time, and and the sound on that was that... So, yeah, there was a a really strange use of orchestral music over slow motion uh, video or film where he walks over to the nosebleed girl and I guess it's that, you know, that that strange feeling when you are walking up to someone to ask them on a date. But then again, he's not showing much emotion, which, which fits him in the story. That slow mo to me, I was like, this is weird. This is weird. You know, they're really commenting on this. Same time, that exact same effect was used for the hunt. So when they're hunting the loners, we again, we got slow motion of them running into the forest, all in suits and those dresses and stuff with their tranquilizer guns. And the poor loners were fleeing and you knew they had an advantage on them because obviously they were being looked after a bit better at the hotel. And the heartless woman, there was a slow motion. She she didn't just shoot one. She, like, knocked the woman to the ground. And she was punching her, punching her, punching her. And it was all in slow motion with that classical, real upbeat sort of music. And I think, again, it was kind of like, this is weird. Like, this is a weird tradition that these people are doing. So... To me, the music and the slow motion was a really interesting effect. And apparently, even though I haven't looked into his other films, uh, the director does do that in his other films. So it's something that is repeated in earlier films. Um, that, but I found the music. Yeah. He's perfected of, it a bit more
0: now. He
1: has perfected it a bit more. Yeah. So that slow motion shots. Um, I think again, that probably it, as an audience, something like slow motion with that music. You, you're segmented back into your reality a little bit. Like, it's so over the top that you're kind of like, oh, you know, this is another a world. A bit like
0: uh, Clockwork Orange yeah. where they have the, the classical music playing whilst they're vandalising yeah, and painting. Right.
1: Yeah, so anything that speeds up and slows down footage, you are a bit more taken out of your element. You know, you notice it as mm. a audience member um, and... Yeah. And, and they also did it with the couple in the city as well. Um, there was slow motion when they're walking. So was, yeah, he just chose some weird moments to do that. Um, you say Clockwork Orange, I think filmic wise, again, there was some sort of reference to probably Kubrick's symm- symmetry, um, or symmetrical shots, uh, that we see in things like, um, Clockwork Orange, uh, The Shining again and 2001 and probably also reference to someone like, uh, Wes Anderson's films and how he kind of shoots things like hotels and it, stuff. It was
0: a, I, I, could, I got that feeling. As yeah, well. there yeah. was
1: a, there was a bit of a reference maybe to each other because those two are directors about, at the same what time.
0: What about Psycho? Did you pick up it with the strings.
1: Yeah, the, the strings moment. Yeah, I think that, that probably.
0: Yeah, sort of a few, a few of the action sequences would be punctuated by the the orchestral sort of hits and the strings striking.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. And, I mean, I was going to say, you know, on that with the film-wise, we probably had Wes Anderson in the hotel moments and then also, uh, like, earlier people like Fellini's um, uh, films, we definitely see some references to those shots. Um, And, again, something that he does do really, really well, and he does it from that opening shot of David, is behind the head. So the scene is happening and we are, as an audience, not allowed to really have that um, close-up. We, we don't get the um, intensity in a Without, way. We don't see his eyes. We don't see his emotions on his face, which is very normal in most films. Um, and, I mean, again, we're kind of standing back from this film. And I, I, in looking at the film, filmic-wise, I did notice that there's a lot of long shots, a lot of slow long shots and again, you mentioned in the pool, we don't really 100% know if he's John Wax's head or not. Um, when uh, David's also like, he looks down at the, at the, the blonde girl, she's turned into the pony. We, we don't get the close ups of it, you know. And even at the start with the woman killing the donkey, we're in, we stay in the car, she gets out of the car and goes, kills it. And we're just seeing it through the front windscreen. Um, and even when the couple, when David and, um, the short side woman, do make out in that lustful scene, we're kind of back. We're not really in on it. We're, we are back on it, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's lots and lots of long shots. Lots of this is really because technically you could say this is bad filmmaking, but the way he does it is great is, is cutting people's heads off as well. Yeah, it's, this again, is the you know, hotel manager. Of the hotel businesses. manager character. And this is my partner. Yeah, and we don't and see, you can't see, his can't see his face. Happens to David as well. There's a couple of scenes where we see his belly and he's cha- changing his pants and stuff. Um, and um, yeah, we, we see it in the Loner Forest as well, where the people are cut off. Um, so we're either kind of more abstract, further back, long shots, or if it is closer, we're losing people's heads, <laughs>
0: well, um, which which flies in with the lack of emotion. It, it does. It does. Like, people are yeah. actually feeling emotion. Yeah. There's a the scene where the lisping man, John C. Riley's character, corners David in the hunt. And pointing the rifle at him. That's right. And David then goes and starts trying to play with his emotions. Yeah. Oh, you're always my favorite. You know, I don't even yeah. remember the other guy's name. Yeah. What was it? Oh, me, yeah. It's totally mind. mine. <laughs> I don't think about it all that much. Yeah. I you're, really, my yeah you're my best friend in the whole world. Yeah. You're my best friend in the whole world. Blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't work. So he then changes tact and starts going, Oh, well, you're just stupid. The sort of dumb thing. And you're to ugly.
1: Do you know, yeah. How, what's another day you're going to give you? you but know? He's, de-
0: he's delivering it almost without emotion. Yes. And the lisping man's, yeah, he's not responding in the way you'd expect. You'd expect you know, he's yeah. not lowering the gun and softening up he's not then getting angry and and he's just kind of standing there looking at him a little bit confused almost of Mm. what's what's going on you're trying to make me feel something but i don't understand
1: so yeah i think again it's that it's the representation of relationships Mm. that theme that sort of idea of it being a bit absurd and here it is in the extremity and we are jarred as an audience, you know, we're sort of back from the action, so to speak. So yeah, that really stood out to me. Um that was them that was the main sort of yeah, the film and the sound were the main technicalities that I wanted to kind of touch on. Yeah, was uh, there anything well, else you I do
0: have a question for you though. What was the name of the dog? Uh
1: his brother. His brother.
0: Bob. Oh you got it. okay Bob.
1: <laughs> Bob. I think there was a good thing with that but and we saw it with the animals in the forest. We saw it with the blonde um, woman. John says, you know, and he's an angry outburst, you're going to be eaten, you know, because he's, mm. David wants to be a lobster. And I think he says, you'll be caught and stuck in a cage as a parrot and you've got to lisp. Why do you want to be the only animal that talks? Like, it's almost like... And and with Bob the dog, who gets beaten to death, as we talked about earlier, it's it's kind of like... I mean, are the animals... Really human, you know? Like, do they know? Well, I you know, was, and he, and even John's story, like how he says, "I hopped the fence." I was expecting him to kind of go, and one of the wolves stood up for me. You know, that was a mum. But no, but then, and two of them stood yeah, back. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't like one stood made back. Made the point to say there was yeah, two. Of there them was two. Stood this, stood and yeah. I hope one was my mum. Like, yeah. I like to think one was my mum. So it's almost like they are turned into animals, but then they're just animals. Like it, it, they're, they've lost their subconscious. I you was know? even I though.
0: For a while, considering the fact that maybe that was just a lie. Yeah. Yeah, just, I did think they that just too. They just paraded the animal yeah. past. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, there was a bit that said, uh, oh, so many people want to be dogs. That's why there's just dogs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but the are unusual animals, are rare animals. That's yeah. why they're endangered yes. because no one wants to be them. Yeah. But that almost sounded like sort of a, a story you'd tell a child. That's right, to, yeah. To explain something in a very simple way. Yeah. Uh, so I there's kind of a, a bit of a question there. Did people actually get to animals, or were they just kind of yeah. disposed of? Yeah, and and like
1: you said earlier, you know, there's that scene where they say, "Oh, the organs are donated or removed mm. and used for science, and the blood is so almost like, well, is there anything left? You know, yeah. <laughs> like what is left? Like what are they actually? And we never see the transformation, so you don't really know. However, David transforms the heartless woman, and you know, apparently that worked and everything. So you you presume it is a process. Yeah, so he must have witnessed it. He, he did it himself. So yeah, um, but I did question the whole thing with Bob. You know, it's not.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Is Bob his real brother or not? You know? yeah, are they just given a dog?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's just, your brother. That's by the your way. Brother, yeah. It's not like he was an intelligent dog. No, no. no. Just played fetch. He and just was the dog, sort of, wasn't he? Yeah. Hung around like a dog would. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> his name is Bob. Yeah, Bob yeah, it's the Jane dog. That's a very bland Bob. name, isn't it?
0: Well, you know the biscuit woman, who jumps out the window and just about cracks herself up. she actually starred alongside ricky gervais ah, in okay. a
1: show do you know what the show's called uh ricky gervais it would either be the office extras or derek it was extra extras yeah extras
0: yeah. yeah so she was um uh, maggie jacobs the, the off who he would meet up regularly with yeah, right. It was also an extra. Didn't do very well. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I do. I would like to say I loved the reference to her as a character, the woman that liked the butter, was it the butter milk biscuit. She seemed like, the
0: nicest.
1: She did seem very nice. And yeah, and she's she
0: was very desperate to be in a partnership. She
1: was very desperate. She was offering all sorts of services. And then
0: threw herself out the window. Didn't uh, throw herself out high enough. Yeah. And she sat there screaming. That a was while. a pretty
1: brutal scene. I mean, talk about disturbing scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you felt for her (laughs) and and I I think because they played she rang David and sort of it's a very awkward phone message not sexy not not romantic not any you know oh you must be in the bathroom oh I'll call back later when you're out of the bathroom you know and we hear that once live while he's playing golf and then after her attempted suicide he plays it again and we hear the whole message again so it's you know, it's get it's added weight to her golf
0: being one of the only sports, sports. the singles yeah, are allowed to play. Football. Squash or golf, squash or not golf. tennis. No,
1: not tennis. That's
0: that's doubles. That's for the couples only. That's Right,
1: couples only.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've got. I, I do have something interesting about lobsters because I was wondering there about lobsters living a hundred years and fertile. But there was an interesting thing here that uh, research reckons suggests that lobsters don't stop growing or rather the case is they're not sure what the maximum size of a lobster is right there must be some sort of physiological limit to their their physiology their lungs or their gills can only do so much but they're saying one of the problems they have is that lobsters are only studied by trapping them and the traps are only designed to catch lobsters of maybe you know up to 60 centimeters of long Mm. so they have caught sort of 10 15 kilo lobsters which you can imagine are quite big only because they've got one claw trapped in the trap not because they themselves have got the trap so there is a question of how how much bigger do they grow we don't know because we don't catch them and they they live in quite deep, cold oceans. That really, really opened up my imagination there to thinking that yeah. I could probably sit down to a, a lobster dinner, maybe of a 20 kilo <laughs> lobster.
1: <laughs> yeah, this huge lobster. That lobster tail is as are your leg. Puts a bit of, uh, and I suppose they're, they're bottom feeders, aren't they? I, I think. Yeah, yeah, been, well, I've they, they, heard people say that before. Like it's, as humans, it's considered this real expensive wine and dine kind of, you know, lobster. And yet it's, uh, you know, they sort of eat the bottom stuff well, they, of the they, ocean. The
0: oldest lobster I found was, uh, I think it was 80 years old. Yeah, right. And right. it was caught between Australia and New Zealand. So that's deep, cold ocean. Mm. And we, they're expensive now, but back in the day in the US, they were what they fed the prisoners and servants <laughs> right. because they were they're like the cockroaches of the sea, yeah, as yeah. they're called. And they were considered to be tasteless. And in Maine, up around there where Stephen King likes to write, they had to have laws limiting the number of lobsters served per week as because <laughs> the prisoners and the servants were complaining that they had to eat too much lobster. Too much lobster, <laughs> and, and To me, that, that sounds bizarre. To, it does sound bizarre. Considering how much, too much lobster. how much you've got to spend to get a lobster these days. Yes, yeah. that's
1: right, yeah. but That would be interesting and it conjures up a whole other science fiction world as a 20-kilogram uh, lobster.
0: Well, you can imagine you know. the size of it. Like a small dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, do they? So you do, you know, he says 100, you're saying 80 years. I mean, I guess they just get bigger the older they get. Or yeah, well, They, or they just do, yeah. keep
0: shedding their shell and shell growing a new and just shell. growing a new one. Yeah. yeah as long as they've
1: got a good food source. Yes,
0: yeah, so that's the, um, the executive director of the Lobster Institute at the University of Maine. That's Robert C. Bayer. He's the one who said, when we catch one that is 20 to 30 pounds, like 10 to 15 kilos, it's because a claw got caught in the entrance of the trap. Not because it's inside. Yeah, so it must be big. It must so, be very big. Yeah, they, they just, I don't know how big a trap you'd have to have a big trap to try yeah. and catch a lobster of that sort of size. Yeah, yeah. And they eat each other, is the other problem as well. Yeah, right. So there's big ones going the around. Big one might eat another bigger one as well, as there's less it bigger like Sharknado ones. Sharknado 6, yeah. you know, <laughs> the lobster tsunami or something.
1: Now, the lobster movie website, you can go on and answer some questions and oh, yeah. uh, you turn out to be an animal. What animal did you turn out to well, be? Sorry.
0: I, I took this before I watched The Lobster. Yep, yep. And it, it asks you a bunch of questions which seem strange and it even asks you your uh, sexual preference, your partner preference, yep. male, female, yep. and it's got the male-female one that's greyed out says so not available at this time. And that's actually from the scene in the movie where David has to answer those personal questions. Yeah. Uh, So are you heterosexual or homosexual? And I really like the fact that he stops and pauses and he really considers it very hard. He says, I did have a homosexual encounter in college once.
1: (laughs) Can I be bisexual? No, I'm afraid bisexual
0: is not a choice available at this time. At this time, yeah. So I'm not sure. Was that just because there were no other singles identify maybe this maybe, hotel doesn't cater yeah. to bisexuals? To me it
1: sounded like they ha- they used to do it and then maybe it hasn't worked out very well or something. Yeah, they found it, it's too
0: ambiguous <laughs> yeah, for their system quite, yeah, of yeah. checking. and you know. Because
1: they also made it, remember the shoes, like he goes, was he 44 and a half or something? She's like, <laughs> no, it's 44 or 45. Yeah. Like, so I think that's the thing it has to be Yeah, that, that, really, that, that,
0: was, that yeah. was great. But yeah, I, I went through the questions and I, came, I was optioned Optioned. I was given the option between swan or lobster. Yeah, I chose swan. Yeah, swan. Uh, because well, would they say swans did something rather uh, happy alone. But they did mate for life. Yeah, something along those lines. I thought, oh, yeah, that's probably fair enough. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's good to check out. It'd be good to know anyone listening out there. If you do it, you can let us know your animal.
0: There is a share button. Yeah, there is a share button. You you can can share it. it.
1: Yeah, you know, support the lobster, the movie. And for me, it was an owl. So I I don't quite remember what the qualities of an owl are. I suppose nocturnal, up at night, sees well not the short-sighted it, problem you
0: mentioned the uh, 270 degree rotation that's underneath. right yeah
1: it's all about the yeah, all about the eyesight I think which is probably a bit irony for the lobster
0: the the eyesight was uh, played a lot there I, I keep coming back to the fact that he was short-sighted
1: yeah short-sighted he's left his wife leaves him for another short-sighted man he's forced out into the real world um, you know he, he can't find anyone else in the hotel that's short-sighted finds a short-sighted woman then she's blinded
0: blinded yeah, he asks uh, all weapons, do you speak German? Yeah. <laughs> um, No. Do you think you could learn up. German? Yeah, yeah. Uh Maybe after a year I would be okay but not very good. I don't think it's practical.
1: Is he, is he so... And then that's the thing, at the end of the film, he's so defined by short-sightedness, he can't stab his eyes, like he can't get rid of the short-sightedness. Symbolically short-sighted, you know, you can't yeah. see close in front of you, you know, and she's then blinded so she can't see anything as character. you know, so... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Eyes, eyesight, seeing the world, you know, we could go down that whole path which The Lobster presents. So is there anything else, sorry? I think we've uh, probably covered everything. No,
0: well, geez, there is so much more to talk about for the movie. But yeah, let's... such a
1: good movie. So, I mean, Lobster is just such a great film overall and I'd recommend it to anyone out there. Go check it out. Be prepared to be disturbed and maybe possibly find it funny at the same time. I, I did laugh in moments of this film and I was really drawn into the, to the idea, you know, the extremity of relationships and that being played it, out. It but is a
0: movie that's going to last with yeah. me, stay with me. Yeah. Uh, I've found online that the reactions to it are polar. Yeah. So people either totally got it and loved it or they just utterly did not get it and mm. did not like it at all. There was no middle ground on this one. Yeah. So I would suggest you go into it with an open mind, expect to laugh at things that you probably shouldn't yeah. and be surprised at it. And I, I think you're going to have a great time.
1: It'd be great to hear anyone's response out there to The Lobster and you can let us know. And also if you want to check into next week's episode... The Beyond from 2018. Yeah, so try to watch that before tuning into the next episode of Space Brains.
0: See ya. See you later.